just to kind of get a little groundwork for what got you going in this passion to begin with. So you're, you're starting a new endeavor mm-hmm. and it probably looks like you've got this huge mountain to climb and you can only do it brick by brick starting at the bottom. And I have to ask what made you take on this climb and what's kind of the passion driving you? What made me take the climb? Like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to say something type of deal. Yeah. And, and, and I do think there's like a whole media aspect to this where like you are trying to build a company and Mm -hmm. build a name for yourself. And, you know, those types of things you don't just take on for fun. Don't get me wrong. The whole passion behind the rethink tank is to just fight big brother, but also, you know, I had my own reasons for taking it on. Is it financial? Is it personal? Is it yeah. just the passion of fighting big brother? Like what, what kind of made you take on the climb? Um, I would say it's a lot of things, you know, one thing bothers you and then another thing bothers you. And then another thing bothers you. I'm the type where I like to say I can adapt easily. And it could be a blessing and a curse at the same time because someone you can be put into into a bad situation that you shouldn't be in and it's not your fault, but you can handle it. And I would be the type to say, you know what, I can, I can handle it. Let me just deal with it and then move on because I don't want to waste the energy to fight. But those things started to really add up and I would say the, the, I guess, getting on social media aspect of it started when I was more focused on making money to promote an, a non-toxic product line. I still have it, but I'm not actively promoting like day by day because I wanted to reflect on what I wanted to accomplish as a bigger goal. And I didn't want to get caught up in trying to make profits. And I wanted to make sure I had a solid you know, aspect of what I want to accomplish instead of just make a lot of money. Right. Right. And I, you know, COVID happened in 2019. I'm at home working from home and I decided to start a YouTube channel that I've always wanted to and talk about like new age stuff and the things that I like to look into just for fun and see what would happen. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine and he's, and I was telling him, I'm like, I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing because I'm just kind of like going here, left and right. Um, I want to, I, I want to talk about health stuff, economic stuff, political stuff, um, sci-fi stuff, but I'm too scattered and, and I'm not really an expert in those things. So I don't, you know, want to waste so much time doing the research. Right. And then making a video for, for what, for, for a lot of likes. And then I don't know how to turn that into an income. And then who am I affecting? I feel like I'm spreading myself too thin. And he said, start a podcast, man, start a podcast. So you can talk to people that are experts. You're going to learn so much faster. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do that, but it didn't happen right away. And, um, I'm not sure what I can say on here. Maybe I'll use some code names if you want, but, um, we, with work, we had to, um, make a decision pretty much if we're going to uh, get some medicine for the times and um, I, <laughs> you know, get stabbed. Government juice. 
<laughs> yeah, government juice. There you go. Yeah, whatever you you use, I'll I'll use government juice, right? Um, <laughs> I didn't want to take. I don't want to drink the juice, right? The Kool Aid. I just didn't want any of it. And and it was very much. A, it was much of a gray area as far as what's going to happen if I don't. And HR didn't really have an answer either. So whenever we would have like our monthly calls or whatever, I'd be listening to the updates as far as what they're going to do. And it turned out that um, it was it was just a weird situation where they weren't saying that you had to, but the client, if the client wants it, then you can't work. And if yeah. you can't work, then by default, we can't have you. I was like, oh, so now I'm just like, what do I do? I mean, I went to crypto for a little bit and ironically was able to replace my income in a short period of time with that, but that wasn't long lasting at all. And I didn't know that. So I was just looking at different avenues and I, I sped up my research on certain stuff. And, but it really was, it was like, I was panicking because I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what jobs are out there. And I don't know enough people that are thinking the same as me. So I don't have that community built up. Right. So what I saw was there was a community of people nearby and I found them on um, alternative uh, platforms like Telegram and, um, you know, when you venture off into like Rumble and all these different alternative sites, uh, I saw a lot of people speaking out and I saw community when I said, you know what, I'm going to go to, there was like a, um, a protest at like the state capitol and I'd never gone to a protest. I've never, pro you know, I've never protested before and I've been, I've never been to that capital by myself. Wait, the, the state capital? Yeah, yeah. And are we talking about the January 6th event? No, 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 no. My state capital. My state, not the <laughs> government. Like, my state. <laughs> You're like, this just got really casually, crazy. <laughs> you know, I threw on a bull head and painted my face and grabbed that the flag me. and that was eat me. all no, over Pelosi's no, no, desk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was there were just, you know, um, people at the state. Capital, not the sorry. I I short wired there. I, I short circuited. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> capital. Yeah, I drove like an hour and a half, and I just walked to where I saw, you know, a bunch of people just crowded up, and I saw a lot of just different personalities, different all kinds of walks of life. Um, people even had booths set up. It was crazy. And then wow. someone had a mailing list of um. I'll tell you, before I talk about the mailing list, I have to mention that there was a guy in a uniform, like with a drum set and he was just full on, like just jamming out. I'm like, I'm not sure if he like, I, that's nuts and cool, but that's crazy. <laughs> was you it know, like rock band drums or was it like March to war drums? It was like Ouch. a marching what did he, I'm trying to remember. It was a while ago. I'm trying to remember what he wore, but it looked like he was from like the 1700s, you know, where he was like marching and just like just marching band, but like old school gear and stuff. Classic drummer and, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was just jamming away. So I'm like, this is a lot of funny stuff. You have people with their with their kids on blankets and they're, you know, they have posters like no juice, no juice, you know, paraphrasing. <laughs> Um, and then, um, I was like, you know what, 
I wonder if there's anybody like near me or who I can talk to. And yes, there was a booth and they were talking about something called a PMA and um, people were talking about it. We're doing potlucks nearby. And I'm like, oh, uh, sign me up for that. I'll meet people and we'll do potlucks at wherever. And so people are opening up their homes to locals Whoa. that are on the mailing list in the group chats. And they're just coming together to meet up and talk. And it was interesting because I went to a couple of them and there's people, I would say the age range was, it was mostly parents or older. So I was on average the youngest person there, but it was cool to talk to people that were like, yeah, this is what's bothering me. That's what's bothering me. This is what I'm doing about it. And they're local. And the, one of the people that set it up, the reason why she set it up is she knew that there are people out there that are at odds with their family with their belief structure, and they can't talk to nobody. They can't talk to anybody. And they have a very soft spot. They can't talk spot. to those liberal loving people that are <laughs> open to people that are different than themselves? Sorry. The irony, the irony, the right? Irony. Um, and so that's what they, you know, to, to, to prevent suicides, to prevent people from being um, just, um, just lost and confused and maybe give up on what their beliefs are and just kind of like just, just go with the flow, just they they sought to give a community aspect of it. And that's why I was like, you know what? I would like to give back to that community and help build the community by going online, doing the doing a podcast, um, having conversations that are on the empowering side, entrepreneurial, and at the same time looking for just someone to talk to or to hear that they're not alone. So that's why I wanted to go that direction because I saw a lot of potential. But a lot of the people that I saw in those communities, again, were older. And they're not that tech savvy. And the ones that are, um, I barely saw them. I love that answer. I, I think it proposes it in a much better way than I was initially going to boil it down to. But at the end of the day, they forced your hand and it was survival instinct. Is that safe to say? Kind of like, I, I hate making this analogy. I actually stopped saying his name on the podcast and I will double down on that now because of the heat he's in, but AJ, that crazy guy from InfoWars, that dude is a sentiment to, um, he, he wanted to stop. He was ready to stop his company. He was ready to retire with his family. And in 2015, you made a mountain out of a molehill and you, you've made a beast to where he will die doing this, no matter if there's zero dollars in his account or a million, he's going to die on this fight. And I, I don't like putting it in such intense terms, but what I relate to from your message is I feel similar where this wasn't supposed to be the road. The road was always for me to settle as an attorney quietly in my corner. And now you've made me more passionate about this than having a family than having to see my career develop all of that takes a back burn to this and it's not because i want to have the big joe rogan experience or i'm going to turn this into the billion dollar barstool sports it the dollars and the views does not matter it's the fight to me that that yeah. is it's important because you know i went to law school i could have gone into any facet of law and by the end of law school Every person asked, what do you want to practice? And totally, it became First Amendment law. That was the best course I, I, I had, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, grade-wise. But then also, 
all this did was entrench me in that. I would never have taken patent, trademark, and copyright law. If, you know, you don't get a lot of um, extracurricular or, or um, I can't remember the term, but like extra classes that like besides your core classes you have to take. And you only get like two or three. And I wasted one on trademark and copyright because I knew I was going to own this name. Nobody could take it from me. And so there were all these bricks that I had to learn, like, you know, slowly building this wall that otherwise would never have existed. I would have just hit around and played, swiped on TikToks and played Fortnite till the day I died. But now you've made an enemy of somebody who wants to just be a quiet functioning member of society. The irony. The irony. And we're, and just to double down before we get into the episode, I've said this a couple times before, and I will always die on this cross, that at the end of the day, I'm liberal. I'm going to say that. Put it, on my, put it on my forehead. I'm liberal. I'm just not voting for a Democrat ever, 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 ever. <laughs> and so I'm liberal. I don't care who you're or what you're smoking on your property. As long as it doesn't affect me on my property, I'm liberal to it. And sadly, we're losing that perspective. And uh, that's what the fight is for me, at least, you know, I anyway, final thoughts before we get into this thing. I thought we started. So that's why I give you a longer answer. No, I um, appreciate that. Yeah. I, I listen, I usually kind of you know, chop works. it up a little bit before we get yeah. in and then I'll introduce us. So, you know, if, any rapid thoughts with with what motivated you to jump into this thing? Uh, ironically unfortunately it was yeah my back was against the wall i had to make a decision i was like i'm about to lose all my income if i don't back myself up with my beliefs and you know deny the the juice and that's just started the journey of fighting I'm like like you're, you're you're in the corner and you're just like shit like i gotta do something and how I'm, wild is that it's like the batman to the uh the joker when he was like i'm gonna start Given this, like, a, I forgot, like, the end of one of the uh, movies, the Dark Knight series, he's like, be careful what you wish for. And then, like, the opposition is going to come. If you're, if you go too hard and you're too good at what you do, you're the best. You're, an, you're the antithesis of you, or however you want to say it, is going to pop up. And I feel like we are a collective version of that. That, like, we, we, we were bothered enough to wow. be like, oh, that's it. I'm done with this. We're going, you know, because they're being too successful and I was letting it ride a little bit, but this enough's enough. My back, I have no choice. And so that's why I believe in that movement because it's literally the, the enemy has created its solution. You know, the, the sad part is we, we try not to think in these ones and zeros because it's so boilerplate and so generic, but the reality is all this is, is in 2011, PC culture, the, the representatives that were taking our votes and, you know, backdoor deals, but also 200 grand a year to represent us, they just started shoving this new term down our throat. Political correct. I'm just trying to be politically correct. And we let it go. We were like, yeah, be nice to the gays and the other people. Like, they, they look different than you. Be nice to them. And every person with a heart was able to go, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Stop saying the mean words. And then it evolved into, all right, wait, we're no longer allowed to say mean words. We're, we're cutting kids wieners off. And then it got so far down the line that we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This has turned into a whole new beast that I don't even recognize. So the sad part is we don't think of it as 
political correctness, but that is what this was. It just snowballed into such a beast that like my favorite concept is the left eating the left. It's a term I love using because you'll never be woke enough for your own people. Oh, and so, yeah. (laughs) So really you don't even you're fighting for these liberal beliefs, not because you truly, truly believe them in your heart, but you're afraid for the one day the hive comes after you. So if I just keep calling people, witch, witch, there's a witch, there's a, then, then they're never coming for me being a witch. And that's kind of what we're experiencing is if I get you before you can get me, then I'm safe. So it's a weird world. You ready to start this thing? Let's go. So I love that term, think tank. Think tank. I mean, you know what a think tank is? Like, how's a think tank go, James? Yeah, you know, they got cancel culture nowadays. You got to watch what you say. It's getting, it's getting real scary out here. Might as well. It's the rethink tank. Looks like you had a little bit too much to think here in the rethink tank. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And thanks for joining me again. I want to introduce my really special guest because one, it's a sentiment to the the motive and drive behind the rethink tank, but also to me, it highlights the beautiful thing that comes from this project: meeting new people that. Think differently than you, but also maybe sharing just as many similar beliefs as well. We can all learn from each other. And because of that, I want to thank my guest, John Astacio, for joining me. And, and, and again, taking on this great endeavor. I can't wait to see where it goes. So, John, thanks for joining me, my friend. Thanks for having me. And, and so, John has been kind of uh, integrating into his show and, and to his media, asking people their red pill story, asking them what red pilled them kind of broke them out of this wild matrix. So I, to give you a little bit of a background, John, I will say that the red pill story, the red pill event that made me an enemy of all the agencies wiretapping me right now is COVID, obviously, the the boogeyman germ. That's what I chalk at least the main, main point to be. But what's funny is, On further reflection, I can totally point to one event. um, I can totally point to one event at this process that that provoked me to even start a podcast and was like the main motivator. I it's 2017 for a year now. I'm driving a Sprint in the winter and. You know, people are yelling at me that the Sprint service sucks. And it's like, yeah, I know, folks, we're at Sprint. And every day I'm listening to Joe Rogan. And this is before there's a million plus podcasters out there. But his narrative kept going. If you think you should be doing this, then you should do it. Just start it and do it. And I kept going. That's me. That's what I need to do. He's talking to me. He's not talking to anybody else but me. And I go off to law school. I'm stranded in the middle of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And all I keep getting is news articles about they're coming for Chief Wahoo. They're coming for Chief Wahoo. Now, granted, they don't officially pull the Cleveland Indians and with it, Chief Wahoo, until 2020. And so we were able to get another two, three years out of the name, our our logo, our mascot, everything. And there's always been murmurs about the Indians being racist. But it wasn't it wasn't until 
like 2016, 2017, there was a hard push for, at the very least, we need to get rid of Chief Wahoo. And it drove me nuts that every article, every clip, every conversation about this was from one perspective, the ignorant perspective. And it was just trashing those that supported this name and this team. And again, further emphasizing the ignorant perspective. Nobody wanted to talk about how it was based on Joe Sakalaxis, the first Native American to play in the American League, that it was a seven-year-old white girl that win the city because, again, we there was a point in time where we were allowed to democratically decide what the team name was. It wasn't ordained from the gods. Mm. And she wrote an article to the whole city of Cleveland that it should be named after this guy, the chief, who was a rallying figure of the city that he should be a, a memorize, he should be memorialized in our team as this is something we should be proud of. The first Native American, something we can rally behind. Then wow. look at um, Major League. It, say what you will about, oh, I can't believe they had that on a movie screen, that people were doing that. It never came from a place of hate. It came from a place of, of it, even if you wanted to paint it as jest, there's always going to be, you, you can always find that. In, in most things, but irrefutably, it never came from a place of hate. And so it drove me wild that there was no conversation or at least owed to the perspective that is different than the main narrative. And I felt there's only one way for this to be heard, or at least for me to hear it. And, and it's me taking that torch and doing it on my, on my own. And uh, that was the main motivator I wasn't conspiratorial, and the show surely was not tinfoil hat. Interesting. Until 2020. And then, you know what's wild? And this is, this is you know, for the viewer, but this is for me and you and for your understanding. That's why I appreciate you calling it the government juice or the boogeyman germ or whatever it is. Because if you go to that first week of COVID, you can look at my analytics, and YouTube shows you where – viewers come from whether it's from your link like you spreading the link out and people sharing it or youtube thumbnails on the side youtube suggested videos on their home screen or youtube suggested videos after a video and so youtube gives you those analytics you can see it's pushing it to strangers pushing it to strangers pushing it to strangers the first episode i talk about the boogeyman germ it is off like a light switch you just zero off nuts not surprised. and then it never comes back and then it comes out like four months after that period logan paul the the knight in shining armor for youtube comes out and tells everybody don't say the word covid because um youtube is uh shadow banning any video that uses those words well, at that point, once you're categorized as the anti-Fauci bad guy, you're you're damned. And so what kills me is you could see where the algorithm just turns you off. And that's why I doubled down on, yes, the main motivator was Chief Wahoo. But this was never that show. We did seltzer taste tests and all kinds. And we still do. We still do the you fun, had fun. Stuff. You had fun. One yeah. chip challenges the whole nine yards. Oh, but it wasn't until we realized we're, we're in a legitimate battle with demons that the show had to pivot to a very serious, I guess, pursuit. Um, mm. 
So that was my very, very long-winded <laughs> way of answering my question to asking you. I'm curious, John, what was your red pill story? Well, it's, it's interesting because I, as, as far as I can remember, I was always dropping myself into different rabbit holes, so to speak. And you end up taking it. You take a red pill, you fall into a rabbit hole, right? And I can say that the earliest instance of wondering what's going on is when I was in elementary school, actually. And um, it's interesting how you can get influenced by just learning about something that just sparks belief in it. My mother would tell me stories of how she would have dreams of something happening like a specific situation where she was in class in her dream, she was in class, she wasn't familiar with the teacher or the people around her. And there was somebody, you know, she recognized in the dream, she was able to, I guess, recognize the person behind her. And, you know, you know, when you're, when you are in your dreams, sometimes you have memories that don't exist when you wake up, this is weird. Um, so she was just like, she knew the people in her class. But when she woke up, she was like, what was that place? And she was in a place where at the time in her life, her waking life, um, she was going from, I think, a Catholic school to a public school. So she was really stressed out about it. And she was just, you know, you're thinking about something. This is going to be a major change in your life. So when she had that dream, that was actually her new public school classroom. When she went to public school, she had this weird deja vu moment. And the person behind her was the person in her dream. The person to the left of her was the oh, person wow. in her dream. So she had a precognitive dream. And like your face, that was my face when she told me about it, right? And I'm, I don't know what made me ask her about it. Maybe I was asking her about time travel because I was obsessed with uh, Back to the Future. And um, then I would say not too long afterwards, I had my own precognitive dream. And it was very simple. It was just me um, walking to school and I passed by one of my classmates and I thought it was weird because they're leaving school as I'm going to school. Very simple. I think a day or two later, I'm walking to school and then I see the same girl and I'm like, why is this familiar? And it took me a whole day before I came home and I was just like, it, it was just bothering me. Why was that familiar? And when I saw my mother, it triggered that memory. I'm like, oh my God, it happened to me again, like it happened to me for the first time. And so it's like that story has sparked me to start that journey. And I had other precognitive dreams. I've had precognition and during the daytime, just in school, but because I, the more I thought about it, and the more I believed in it, the more frequently that type of thing would happen. But I wouldn't talk about it because that stuff is only supposed to show up in movies and sci-fi, but I was having sci-fi experiences and I didn't know what to do about it. And every single time um, I would try to talk to someone about it, I would have to just put it on the back burner because people would just either would say, oh, there's a logical reason for it. Like, um, you know, I would watch X-Files and my friends were Scully. They were just like, there's gotta be a logical reason for it, you know? And I'm older saying, but what if, what if? But there, that was it. all my friends were, you know, Scully's. Um, 
And I hate to use a reference if no one knows about it, but it's just that logical person that wants to be scientific about everything, right? Even without knowing it, you can put together. And also, I think that is, especially my audience, that's the vast majority of people that they're they're associating with. I mean, at the end of the day, I cannot prove to you that the Earth is flat. But you also, without taking me to a spaceship, you can't prove to me it's round. There's a lot of science that you operate on. And at the end of the day, where the science lies in my life currently, I am left and forced to operate in a world where it is certainly round. And I won't say that out loud for too many people because then you're instantly damned. But there's a philosophical theory of the existence of last Thursday. And it's a theory that Literally existence came into being last Thursday and all of your memories are artificial and it's to convince you that there's a history well past the actual start period. How would you know whether or not your memories are falsified and and that you actually did experience beyond last Thursday? Also, the most catchy, most stimulating and sexually appealing uh, theory right now is um, I just had it and it fell out. Um, simulation theory. Mm. You like, like again, simulation. This this is the philosophy major in me. Simulation theory. The the existence of last Thursday. Round Earth, flat Earth. All of those are equally as provable. And you go and and I'll take out Round Earth because I get it. You're all you're all bitten by the bug, but. There's there's a sentiment to the way you think versus the ones and zeros of the more sensical thinker. And and it's that they have they have you're wrestling with theories and ideas and trying to grow. That doesn't mean you buy them. Doesn't mean I I subscribe to that theory, but your inability to wrestle with that or even consciously consider a different theory shows that even if that other theory were to be the case, it would be impossible for you to see it. So you're, you're meta, I, I never watched X-Files. It seems like something that I, I'd be interested in and I should you jump on it. it, but I definitely relate to, what was it, Sully or Scully? Scully. Scully. I relate to that character because it is what we're surrounded by the most, and it's because the most, the masses that does surround us, were not only trained to not have the ability to theorize and play. But because of that, anecdotally, I don't think they could ever learn it. At this point, their brain is crafted in such a way that they only think in ones and zeros. And no matter what you spoon feed them, it doesn't exist. And that is a real struggle we're dealing with because the vast majority of them are brainwashed in such a way. Yeah, and um, it's interesting because... Going back to that show, eventually she has something that happens to her, which forces her to accept a different reality that makes her now that person where no one believes her. And I took note of that and I thought, well, I'm going to continue to have interesting, you know, experiences and I'm going to test those experiences and build off of those and then incorporate those experiences with friends that don't believe me. Ooh, and that's a fun exercise. Yeah. Like 
and one exercise I did was, um, I didn't think we were going to go here, but, um, I was working at, this was like a while back, like let's say high school, I was working at a grocery store and I'm on break with my friend, my best friend at the time. And, um, I had this thing that I was doing where I saw the movie Matilda and I thought it was really cool that she can use her brain as a calculator. And I like time travel stuff because of that experience. Right. And I, what I would end up doing is I would, we would be on break. We know what time we're on break. And I would tell my friend, Hey, I'm going to try an experiment. I want to see if my mind can tell me what time it is without looking at the watch for a while. Right. Let's just see what happens. And, um, we have 15 minute breaks. We sit down and let's say it's seven o'clock or we have to go back by seven 15. Cool. So I'm like, we have our, our conversation. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, is it seven ten right now? And he's like, it's seven 11 close. All right, cool. Then another day goes by. I do it again. Hey, we on break, we're on break seven o'clock at, you know, I, I ask him randomly, Hey, is it seven Oh nine? And he's like, yeah, it is. And we're like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but you have to repeat something, right? You know, sure. so I repeated it so many times. It got to the point where I was close to the seconds because I was like, hey, it's, it's time for us to go on break, uh, to get off a break. It's going to be 715. I think we're at like 714 in a couple seconds. And um, he's looking at his watch and like, sometimes you can, you know, he's like, well, it's, it's, it's 7.14 and then like it just turned 7.15 and we're like, oh, you know? So I got to wait, 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 wait. I got to ask, are you not taking break at, at the same time every day? And are you not like being honest with the internet here? Yeah. Are you also not looking at your phone at all to gauge like, all right, I got about 10 minutes. So yeah, the goal was to see how, one, first it was to see if I can even do it. Then it was, all right, well, let's see how long it's going to like, how long can I not look at the, the, the clock, you know? And I, I do this now just for fun because it's, wow. it's only so much you could do. And, <laughs> um, but like, I like, you know, I'm, you're getting ready for work in the morning. You take your shower and you're like, oh man, oh, uh, how I don't have a clock in my shower and I don't know how long it's going to take, but I would like to take 10 minutes max, right? And sometimes I want it to be five minutes. I want to be in and out. I don't want to get used to the warm, hot water and then get all comfortable and like never leave 30 minutes later, waste a lot of time. So I started playing the game of like, all right, it's going to take me five minutes. And when I get out of the shower, I'm like, it's probably like six 32, you know, just playing the game. And it, there was, there'd be a bunch of times where it's like 31, 32, 33. And I wanted to strengthen that muscle of, using your brain to do the heavy lifting but that's just right. one little thing right and i'm like there that kind of sparked my interest in like what else can the human body do what else can the brain do what else is there to this reality there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about and then my curiosity would go into different rabbit holes i would give that question a chance because i had my own experience and then when covid hit um i was already you know trying to figure out what was going on and I'll tell you one thing that was really interesting. Um, this was, I mean, that was my rabbit hole, but I can go into something else. But that was at, at the end of the day, that was my rabbit hole. But I did want to mention that I did find out 
I found this website that was um, pretty much showing you how you can heal with sound and, di <laughs> and diagnose illness with sound. Don't even get me started on the conspiracy theories of like, do you notice like a new church goes into a closed down Sears? Notice they're not building three-story organs like they say they did 200, 300 years ago. Um, I confronted no, my what? dad who's an engineer, and we can't do that. We can't. We just – we've convinced the public we can. We just choose not to. But do you truly believe that when all of your new churches and stuff go into closed malls? And so my theory is that there's a hidden past that are there's a, a past to the human race that they hide from us that um, I think the pyramids, just like the ones in Mexico versus the one in Egypt, the ones in Egypt, all were a way of siphoning an energy, either dispelling an energy or siphoning the energy um, the, the just the coordinates. Once you go down that rabbit hole, it, it only highlights it. And. They made an enemy out of one of the greatest. They say trust the science. I mean, John, shut the hell up and trust the science, you bastard. But also, one of the greatest American scientists to ever exist became an enemy of the state when he tried healing you for free. When, you know, he could just heal you with vi waves, vibrations, and frequencies. And they were like, oh, yeah, that Nikola Tesla guy, we should kill him now because he wants to give you energy for free and he wants to heal you for free. Uh, murder him. And so he had to hide in a hotel talking to pigeons for a year or two. So yeah. I guess all I'm trying to hype, like, just emphasize is not only do I believe that with my whole heart, but that is the hidden past. Like, I truly believe that's our fight, is digging up the past that they hide from us, and that is the science that they, that is, that's going to evolutionize what we call our society and our community. Because I think we are convinced we're at the pinnacle, at the, at the apex, but the reality is we're just rediscovering what was well beyond us. Go, go look at the World Fair and tell me we're ahead of the game. Oh man, you mentioned a couple of things and each of them deserve their own conversation. <laughs> their own hole, podcast, right? right? <laughs> I mean, the I mean pyramids, pyramid, flame in the middle. Um, it's the same similar tech as Tesla, where you have to have water underneath it, and then the shape of the pyramid, there's an energy flow to it. So there are people that have taken a photo of it and it shows energy like a like a I guess a uh, what do you call it? It's just a, a line of energy coming straight through the top, wow. um, under a different you know frequency lens. Right. You got like that. UV. I mean, yeah. Um. I so I can tell you stories about just what pyramids do, and that was just a fun thing. But I know what sparked that that uh, offshoot was the sound healing, um, and the reason why I brought that up, and I felt it was more relevant to your red pill um because i was on the side of you know people are getting sick uh you know the news is the news there's only so much they can lie about and um so i'm like i just fell into this website and i'm like oh this is pretty cool i mean it makes sense based off of what i already know frequency does affect our atoms sound there's oh okay Remember, I have to I have to talk, talk talk to you about a story that involves a chicken and a duck. Okay? I'm writing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this woman she has this weird experience when she's a kid. She goes into the forest, 
um, I think a, she saw something like a craft or a, a flashing light. And then ever since then, she can diagnose people's illnesses just by the sound of their voice. And so she reversed that into a software. And now that software can give you your readout based off of your voice, the inflections and all that. Now, and does it need an old audio file to compare it to? Like this is your base sound? No. That we're just um, giving off a frequency regardless, like a, a mm -hmm. noise wave that, mm -hmm. wow. Well, wow. if you think about it, everything's yeah. connected in your body. Um, so you're, if you have a sore throat, your voice is going to sound a little sore. Um, because of the shape of the vocal cords and your throat and there's something in there, but what else is there affecting your vocal cord, right? How much water is in your body, how much muscle muscles you have, how much sleep you've got, um, how much certain vitamins you got, cause they all play an intricate role. And I, I was just amazed by that, but this may, I'm going to be very careful how I say this, but she was talking about and this is pre-juice, pre-government juice, right? She's talking about the virus. I'm like trying to skip over these different words here. Isn't um, it a shame? But we yeah, live in a yeah. free country where you can say and think how you wish. Right, right. Um, so, you know, every the, whatever's on the news and attacking people, right? In the air, six feet away. Um, <laughs> she was able to diagnose or at least record people that had it and was able to isolate it. And she's like the signature, cause she's done this for a while. The signature of that is weird because it Ooh. didn't have the same signatures of natural biological I was say nature, okay. of nature, right? John, you're insinuating this didn't come from a bat. <laughs> exactly. And that was before <laughs> anything. That was before any of that conversation even started. So I was like, well, I'm not surprised if something leaked out of a lab, but we'll find out later on and i just put that on the back burner because you know that was just cool to hear and i was more interested in you know learning how to learn about my health but again i didn't want to spend the money on like the thorough breakdown but i did like a free sample and it was just it gave me way too much information you know but it made sense and i thought that it was pretty cool i thought you'd appreciate that but if you want i'll go back to that duck and chicken yeah, okay, real quick duck and, yeah chicken and the duck um, cause we were talking about frequencies and all that stuff. Um, again, this is another red pill, you know, moment story where, um, I'm listening to, um, if you're familiar with ancient aliens, then you're probably familiar with David Wilcock. Um, is that the guy with the hair? Just like the meme. Everybody you... knows that's not him. It's Dang. funny. It's not him. <laughs> I know everybody re references that guy, you know, he says aliens, right? Well, also, you know, he like. I think why everybody resonates with his hair is he probably just did this so many times. And then it just like, looks like the Frankenstein's wife's hair just coming off the top of his head. So yeah. He probably did it. And they're like, forget. keep it, keep it, just keep it. It's going to be yeah. your thing. I don't believe you. Now it's like, whenever I bring up someone else, they're like, you mean that guy with the hair? Yeah. So it worked. It worked. Right. Right. Uh -huh. So this guy, David Wilcock, he does, I mean, when he was younger, he, read like 300 books before he got into high school. This guy's just nuts. Loves information. Um, Doesn't have a lot of girlfriends, but loves the information. And that was true. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, 
the uh, you, you threw me off there. So, so he talks about <laughs> he talks about um, how there's this experiment, and I want to give you the experiment and the scientists that information when I get a chance. But I just remember the story that just it just bugged out. Um, it goes like this: this guy is trying to prove that light or frequency affects our DNA. You know, our DNA is light based, based off of other things he's done, but he wants to show people. And so he takes like a, a I guess a, a scientific flashlight <laughs> and um, he gets the, um, the embryo of a, or, or, or the, the egg of a duck. And then he puts that in front of the flash or this light emitting device. And then he puts the egg of a chicken in front of that. So, so if you have like, this is the flashlight, the duck egg is here. The chicken egg is here. So the light is going through the egg and affecting and shining onto the chicken egg, right? Right. So they're kind of showing, sharing some of the same frequencies. And after the experiment, when the chicken egg hatched, it had webbed toes and its beak was a little flat. So it was partially duck like and there's black what? and white photos of this what how have we this is this goes to show the hidden truths that they're trying to just bury from us how have i never heard of that ever and this is old like like this is like man really old black and white photos i think it was black and white it was just a long time ago yeah i am my mind is blown <laughs> yeah that really makes you wonder. I've never heard of anything like that in my life. I'd be lying if I didn't admit my mind is a little bit blown right now. But we'd also be ignoring, when it comes to like this deciphering of what is real science, what is hidden science, what is the corporate machine pushing, trying something about our heart tells us we know that the science of wavelengths, frequencies, and vibrations are significantly more impactful than they make it out to be. I thought you were going to take this down that road, and I'm kind of thankful you didn't, but I'm also the same jerk that will take it down that road. And <laughs> it is pretty ironic. I thought literally you were going to point out how it's funny. Nobody wants to acknowledge it, and you're surely not allowed to say it. This will send you straight to hell with an express pass. But nobody wants to acknowledge that 5G came to an existence the exact same time COVID did. Right. Like COVID hits and the whole world gets 5G. And if we can all agree that we run off of wavelengths, frequencies and vibrations, it's pretty silly to pretend that had zero, zero effect, zero effect. I also want to rewind the clock because here's another theme that I truly, truly embrace from my experience with this podcast is. Do you remember the member Barry from South Park? Where it's like, remember, no. remember. What I also come to acknowledge is that nobody remembers really anything. And that's how they're able to get away with all of this. Is that we're mm. like gold. I call it goldfish syndrome. That we're stuck on this shiny thing. And then as soon as this shiny thing comes, we totally forget about everything that came before it. And um, I just want to emphasize that when the cell phone first came out, I was, I was a spoiled little brat. And when I was in middle school, when I was in middle school that I had I was of the first group of people in grade school to have a cell phone in sixth mm. grade and the first iPhone came out when I was in eighth grade so 
I had iPhone. I had an iPhone from the beginning. I've had cell phones since I was in like sixth grade or so. And I remember right at that time, because it wasn't always our parents and everybody had a phone in their pocket. It used to be only the lucky few had a phone that was portable. And, and I heard a million times from the grand old people that it was the size of a suitcase. I'd have to carry around this suitcase thing and it'd be a giant. And before then it was in my car. And before then it was nothing but a landline. So in that world, transitioning into, and again, boomers, they're kind of dumb. I just want to say that because they all forgot this, but it was the boomers around me that are all looking at me going, hey, you should keep that cell phone away from your nuts. They're coming to find out that a cell phone in your pocket is nuking men balls and that, you know, everybody's going sterile. And now in a world where our T, everybody's got low T, everybody's got low T. It's a great excuse to go to the doctor and get free testosterone. But then we also want to acknowledge that this isn't what the male species is supposed to do. So our T is going way down. For whatever reason, we forget to acknowledge that they told us at the beginning of this, we just started riding bikes. And when we were on the trail, they were like, hey, just so you know, you're nuking your balls. And now we're like on a 10 speed chopper and we're as big as it gets. And they're like, <laughs> they totally forgot their nuke and their balls. And so I just want to acknowledge that that was at the beginning of it when it was 2G, 1G, 3G, 4G. And then when Dr. Seuss said 5G, they're, you're fine. You're fine. Put the, <laughs> put the silver away. You don't need to wear a tinfoil hat. Come on. It's like, I, I just don't know where we, we've gotten removed from even healthily questioning it. Like, I'm not saying you got to live your world with a tinfoil hat thinking everything's microwave in your balls. But at some point, you should ask questions, right? Maybe it's healthy to just be a little perplexed. Ask a couple questions. I don't know. Um, it's interesting how you bring that up because uh, a book you would like is called Power Versus Force. And it talks about the diff- different levels of consciousness based off of kine- uh, kinesiology, which is like, uh, you know, your muscle twitch. And um, your body knows ultimate truth, apparently, and can tell your body would know the truth, even though you consciously don't, which is freaky. So with that math set up, this guy did experiments, and he found different levels of consciousness. And I like it a lot because there's, there's, there's tangible evidence that you can apply with yourself, where you can do a muscle test and kind of play with the whole theory. Um, But it's it's a journey on to knowing yourself. That's what, what makes it a challenge. And that's why I think a lot of people just don't do it. It just takes time and patience. And to that, to, to, to kind of address what you were saying, where there's a lot of stuff happening and we tend to have amnesia and we forget everything. Goldfish and syndrome. I, what is it called? Goldfish syndrome. Goldfish syndrome. Goldfish syndrome. And I, I liken it to the reason, the reason being that I believe that it's happening to us is we're in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you are limited in what you can consciously have space to pay attention to. And as long as I can keep you in survival mode, you're just trying to pay your bills. You're trying to pay other people's bills. You're trying to be successful. You're trying to climb the ladder in life. And then only then can you breathe, right? But no one's breathing. Everybody's suffocating, right? And it's only getting worse. But the people that are able to kind of sit back and be aware of stuff probably aren't in survival mode for whatever reason or 
or in a situation where they had to get out of the survival mode just because they were going to die. And then that catapulted them to getting ahead of the rest. And when you are at that, you know, when you're mentally flying high above everybody, you get to see a different perspective. And I feel like when those people talk, other people listen and they start to question things. Um, and then at the same time, a lot of people that hear those things are in survival mode. So they can only grab a little bit at a time, right. but they want credibility and they want to get paid. So they're going to spew it out real quick. And so therefore now you have a lot of people that are grabbing at stuff because they just don't have the, the ability to end the time Damn. to sit down. And is this person lying? You know, the rabbit hole, what rabbit hole? I have no time. I got to feed the kids or I got to go, I got to go home eat dinner or i got a a game to catch on tv people have you know and it could be that it was designed that way i wouldn't be surprised um and so now you have a bunch of people just grabbing at straws trying to get some credibility and they're losing credibility left and right because they didn't take the time to do the research they didn't fully fall down the rabbit hole and really kind of immerse themselves and i can't blame them because there is no time. So I, I do like the idea of creating, uh, of the, um, what do you call it when you don't do, <laughs> I don't want to say you don't do too much, but it's simple. It's um, minimalism. Minimalism. Yeah. The minimalists. Yeah. Yes, I feel like those tend to be happier, happier people. And they yes. tend to be more calm because they don't have a lot of stuff that they well, carry They don't around. need more, right? Exactly. Like, and they tend uh, to have some pretty good answers to some tough questions because they took the time to read about it instead of, you know, engaging. And, and how much of yeah. not being a minimalist is the side byproduct of consumerism, right? Like you don't need the newest iPhone. You've just been convinced you do. Um, what I really like is I think boiling that down to like a, a, a point or two, like, a very profound point you've presented is that only comfortable people question. I really like that. I really like that because it one emphasizes what it takes to get to a point to sit back and finally go, wait a second, this ain't right here. And if your tunnel vision, like, like here's the deal. You can look at the array of like people in this community. Some people cannot afford tomorrow's meal let alone the next week and there's some people that can afford every meal for that next week but you know they got to worry about car payments and their kids going to sports and this that and the other thing it in, right? right they just keep filling it in and so what's funny is neither of those scenarios sit back and go yeah but isn't it weird that like nancy pelosi is the biggest investor in wall street like you don't get to that point of going wait, but what about what she's doing and what she's got? Because you're so focused on what you've got and you're just in, like you said, survival mode. Unless your back is against the wall, which is happening right And you got to make a podcast and humble those mofos. <laughs> yeah. No, I, a, lot of, a lot of people right. are, their back is against the wall, right? They have kids and they're like, I don't want them drinking the juice. And so they actually, I just, um, ran into an old friend from college and they just moved from out of state. Um, they were in LA and they're like, it's getting crazy out there. And we had to get out 
and they're looking for community and I'm sure they found it, but it was interesting how they had to, they just had to up and leave like so many people because it just got so bad. Your back is against the wall. You don't have any options. You have to make a decision. And at the end of the day, the, the decision is going to be based off of knowledge and, and depending on how important that decision is, you're going to put a lot of research into it, right? It's a life changing decision. And now you have to go down the rabbit hole because your future is on the other side and you have no choice. And I think that's what's happening nowadays is people are just, and that's why people are waking up, right? And they're like, you know what? This happened to me. I had no choice. I had to make a decision, but I didn't want to make that decision because da, 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 and now they're waking up left and right. People are getting forced red pills. You know, they've yeah. been, they have this huge pile of blue pills of just <laughs> every day. And they're like, you know, the red pill was like in the corner somewhere collecting dust. And then the blue pills just started tasting so bad. They're like, where is that red pill? Because I was told that that red pill has some answers. And so people are just, you know, they're, they're looking for answers. And I want to be one of the people that are taking the time to talk about the answers that I found. Right. No, I love that. I love that. And um, you made a, a passing comment when you were talking about um, how only comfortable people question things. And I, you, you had mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised if it's desi designed that way. And the reality is I'm not one to make bold-faced claims that I don't know, know with a capital K um, totally, but that's one that I'm willing to make the leap. And I'll put my, my neck on the line and say, that was 1,000% designed that way. Think about how wild it is that Henry Ford created the five-day week, two-day weekend. And it, it was just on a win. Like, one man has created the only thing our parents, because their parents lived and died this way. This one human being, he could have picked a three to four ratio. He could have picked a one to six, but one guy ordained by God picked one way the capitalist week will look and Chick-fil-A to Taco Bell to Walmart to your accountant firm all use this formula. That wasn't by mistake. And, and now living in this mundane hamster wheel every day, wake up, go to bed, wake up, go to bed. And you're trying to build a a ticket to freedom outside of that you realize very quickly there is no time they dangle that little carrot to make you think like uh like the grocery stores in north korea they're just painted on a wall let you think you can go buy apples but the reality is none of it ever existed you don't get a break it's never enough and it's just enough to shut you up and not enough for you to do anything with your life that might be a threat um, so yeah, I think it was totally designed that way. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I know you're, you're itching to close out here. So I've got one last wrapping, uh, thought that I'd like to kind of flush out with you a little bit. Sure. We went down this road. I hope not to, it, it expands into too much. Cause again, like I said, I know you got to get going, but I really do want to address this because it was something that I didn't intend to be presented in this conversation mm -hmm. um we kept snowballing one way away from it to ever address it again but i want to go back to your personal interest in precognitive dreams you you presented an interest in daydreaming an interest in dreams generally 
but like something I may have briefly been exposed to, but never truly thought about was like precognitive dreams, a dream where then something then unfolds in reality. Um, what I've, well, I love talking about dreams on here. I think there's definitely something more to it. The philosophical theory that I subscribe to personally as of now until I'm, my mind has changed throughout this endeavor um, is that I think our spirit goes somewhere into another dimension and we live through, if, if we're told there's infinite realities, that means there's infinite realities of me right now living the same life, but I'm wearing blue shoes instead of the brown shoes. And, and then there's just as many realities as those tiny variations as there are me being um, an ice cream scooper, a clown at the circus, and me being the local fireman. Like all of those exist because infinity, baby. So in that world, I think, I think your body turns off and has to charge, but your spirit doesn't. And that your spirit goes somewhere else and that it it we've also learned that through dreams your dreams are trying to communicate with you they're you know like you said if you're falling that means something if it, there's all these things you could break it down to where it's it points to a, or alludes to something in your life as if you're trying as if your soul's trying to give you some additional experience yes to take forward with you mm -hmm. so that being the theory i've kind of subscribed to precognitive dreams are a monkey wrench in that in some ways that like it's pre it, it's it's a precursor to the reality you actually live does that mean it's happened into another reality does that mean that it isn't this theory i'm presenting and it's something totally different is it you know a cognitive um delusion that your brain just makes for you and and it's just you and your brain experiencing this um, all of those Ooh. things I present to you, and I do that because I want to – what have you taken from this curious wrestling with dreams? What have you gotten? But also, where do you lie in all of this? Because I want to go further into precognitive dreams. I like how you wanted to go there. I appreciate that because I love that, and it's something that I've been working on lately because I had a breakthrough. Oh. So timing, um, I'm, I'm doing my best to keep the, uh, the conversation narrow to the question. Because then it's like, what about this? Tell them about that. I'm like, all right. Dude. <laughs> They're not ready yet. <laughs> no. Um, um, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking like I have like people in my mind, right? Uh, yeah. We all have, you know, other conflicting thoughts, right? Um, so. Uh, precognition i had an experience experience and have read uh, a book that kind of solidified that to make me believe that yes we have obe right out of body experiences you have a soul and it's tethered to your body and you kind of drift places and there's interesting stories around people um hovering over their bodies and they're looking in the room and let's say you have a desk the the desk has is not still it's moving and the things that are on the desk are constantly shifting around so they're outside of time itself right oh, wow so time and space right so it's almost like at the very least you're aware of you're in your room but 
when. And because the when is a question mark, it's a real view of potentials that you're seeing all at once, right? That's how I digested it. And I was thinking about time travel and kind of looping things together. And I'll share an experience that happened, but I was like, I think dreams are the best way, the only way your future self is able to communicate with your past self because it doesn't go against the law of free will. Your future self, your, your future self, without breaking any rules, can't just appear in front of you and say, do this, do that, because you know that it's going to change everything. Because now your younger self is going to ask you questions like, all right, so I guess I'm going to be alive in the future. And then they're going to take, make some dumb mistakes and know that they're not going to die. Um, so I wouldn't do that because I know that myself, I, I would experiment even more. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to die. So that means I can fly, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to drop off this building because I'm not going to die in the future. Um, so, and I see time as a Twizzler where you have the main strand and then the, um, the parts that are rotating around it are the possibilities, but they have to keep tight. Wow. Right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's how I visually see it. And it's rotating. Um, like DNA, huh? Right. Go figure. Yeah. Um, held together by frequency. So <laughs> the, <laughs> so precognitive, uh, so here's the uh, experience that I had recently, and this could probably help somebody that may have similar dreams or take a, a second look at your dreams. And what I started to do is when you, when you wake up, you have a very small period of time that you can remember your dream. So right when you wake up, just write it down. And that's why I did it like for like, actually it's been two, three years now, not every day, but when it's like intense, I'll write it down. So I had this reoccurring dream of being in school. I haven't been in school for like a decade. And right. why am I dreaming about being in school? And on top of that, why am I dreaming about always being late to class, not knowing where the class is? And then when some days when I finally get the class, I didn't do any of the homework, nor do I know, do I know what is going on? And it, and it was frustrating because I'm like, what does that mean? And I started something up and then I, okay, so what does that mean? It just was on repeat and different variations of that. And then one day came where it was a different dream. I was in the car. And for some reason, the dreams have me young and, you know, in my early twenties or late teens, and I'm in the car with my mother and we're going on vacation. And then all of a sudden I realized that I completely forgot that I was chosen to be a test pilot for a spaceship. And I was, (laughs) yeah, random and very confusing. And I was pissed. I was like, this is the, I always wanted to fly a craft and go into space and i was given the chance and i forgot how (laughs) how can that even possibly happen and it's something so like me that it's funny and i woke up like so upset i was pissed and i was just like i i had to laugh because i'm like it was a dream but i'm like that can never happen again that will never i will never get an opportunity where I, and then it clicked. I was like, oh, I'm not paying attention. I'm not planning ahead. I'm not organized. And it, and wow. it was like, my higher self was like, all right, you're not listening. 
all right, we're going to give you everything you wanted and then take it away. And then I was like, you know what? Okay. Okay. So I, I got a planner. I started using it. I started planning ahead. I had, I, I, I took action finally. And you know what? I didn't have those dreams. Actually, I had one dream after that about going to class and having my homework done and being prepared for class. It was like, you did it. Congratulations. So did, yeah. The but then, you know, now there's other dreams and now there's, what does that mean? And so now another challenge and you can't know what they're trying to tell you immediately because that's not fair. You, you say they, to. is it you? Is it the ethos? Is it spirits? I don't know. Who's communicating with you, John? Exactly. Unless I talk to them face to face, I won't know. All I know is theories and concepts, right? right. And if I, and I know myself and I, that's what I would have done. So probably, and I've done little experiments where, you know, that movie butterfly effect or the concept. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I did that to myself and I pretended to have conversations with myself in the future with the answers. And I was in high school. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm stressed about this. I'm stressed about that. And I'm like, if I was my older self, what would I tell myself? And I would just play with that. Wow. And I would get thoughts, ideas that at the time I thought was mine because I'm playing. But as I reflect on those times, one, those times are very vivid. And two, I have the same advice now. So I don't know. Holy cow. I don't know. I but, think that's a cool perspective. You know, I like the, the idea that I might have given myself advice because I would say the same thing. And it wasn't uncommon advice. It was pretty much like, hey, enjoy your time while you're young, network with people, and don't do anything stupid. Because in, in the future, you never know who, you know, what's going to happen with these people that you've made friends with and you burnt bridges. It was kind of like that. Now, here's the only thing that presents the question of the chicken and the egg, because you also then want to ask yourself, is the advice that you would give yourself right now because that's the advice you've been operating off of since, you know, like that's what you've internalized and mm -hmm. now has made your mantra. So is that the advice you'd give at this age only because that's what you operated on and gave yourself back? In the, again, you would never know, chicken or the egg, what came first? Um, yeah. But one little thing, dude, that you raised or that you've present, I – my I annoyed the heck out of my friends like a month ago. We show up to golf, and the night before, I just started taking Alpha Brain. I'm gonna see if I can make them a sponsor because I want to advocate for Alpha Brain to the end of the earth. It's not like Adderall. It's not like Speed. It's a eutropic, and I've never I I have I as somebody that needed a cup to do cups of coffee a day mm. and have not taken a cup of coffee since. It's a eutropic. Mm. All it does is. You could just tell your brain is working at full capacity, clean and clear. And I did some re I brought it up to my friend. He brings up, he raises to me that, oh yeah, dude, dreams are like way more intense and like way more vivid with it. Now, I think now that I'm taking it every day and it's become a piece of my, it's tampered off, but like there was a solid like week where it was incredibly intense. And there was one day I show up to golf and I was just out. I was just so out of it because I woke up. So the dream I had was my mom and my, my mom and my dad come to me and they go, Allison, my sister is being cloned. We're going to make a genetically perfect version of her. It's a better version of her. 
and it, it's it's going to be her exactly. And mom's pregnant. She's gonna have a she's gonna have Allison again. And I go, well, where's Allison? And they go, well, she's already gone. We we had to put we couldn't have two operating at the same time, so we had to put her down. And that they were able to prove to me that the doctor, my sister, and my parents were all in cahoots. They were all in agreement. Allison totally subscribed to this and and like gave in whatever and dude i've never been more emotionally upset and angry in my life i wanted to kill somebody i woke up so mad i wanted to kill i wanted to kill my parents i honestly couldn't look at my parents the same that day because i just couldn't get over how could you do this? I, I, I still am so emotionally fueled by this. And then to show up to golf and you're like, wait, no, no, no. It was a dream. Like no, you're, you're holding this emotional weight that doesn't even exist, let alone to the people around you. You're trying to get empathy. You're like, dude, my sister killed herself and my parents were all for it. And it doesn't even, and, and I literally came home and hugged my sister. I was like, I, I still, had this cognitive dissonance of like the reality of it versus, and and this wasn't like most of my dreams where you're living like an hour or two of this existence. I lived weeks of just like hating my parents and hating these doctors. Wow. So upset with my sister. I'm like, why she didn't think she would owe it to me to let me say goodbye. It was so emotionally fueling. And then to wake up and it's it doesn't even exist. You're like I I can't I can't live in a world where like I'm I'm laughing it off like it doesn't exist. And what I can say wholeheartedly is it's something I always knew, and it was something I tried to be good at. But that dream has forced me to be good at, and I'm totally living it on my sleeve every day. But you don't appreciate the people in your life enough, your family, the people that are close to you. And my uncle would always say, you never know when it's the last time you're going to see somebody. So, you know, I know we're men and whatever, but you say, I love you. Cause you never know if it's the last time I'm ever going to talk to you. And, um, I could say it had that benefit in my life and I haven't been back to that place. I haven't had these types of reoccurring dreams where I'm losing someone and I never got to say goodbye. I have to emphasize that was the most vivid dream I've had of recent. It was so real. You ever, have you ever watched Rick and Morty? The, the way I described it to my friends yeah. is it was like the game Roy. Remember like where you go live a lifetime of this, you plug in oh, like a, it's a my VR and there, oh. and you know, Rick takes Roy off the grid. He's taking Roy off the grid. Oh my God. So like, I, that's what it felt like. Like I lived an entire life, like trying to, enjoy this baby version of my sister i'm like that's not my sister i don't get to pick on her so she's not gonna grow up to be dream. the same sister like it's a different person doesn't matter how good the genetics are it's it that you know it's nature versus nurture she won't have her big brother picking on her but um i there were all these facets to it and so you got to ask yourself is it because i internalized it so well that i never had to go back to that place or yeah. Am I reading into something where it was just, just another trippy dream or was it trying to communicate something to me and I'm totally off base. So it just gave up who knows, but it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just raise it. Cause that was totally. And, and I swear to God, if it's precognition, I'm gonna kill my parents. So <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's almost like, uh, again, it was a message and it was a sign that you needed to appreciate for whatever reason. Maybe you were going off yeah. the path and you're just too busy to hang out with family. And then, and then your higher self, again, assuming something said, hey, you know what? You should start uh, appreciating because you never know what could happen. And then um, it was the intensity made me feel like whatever you in the future or whatever was trying to prevent was that time sensitive, that important, that it, it, oh. it, it triggered you to need to have something like that. You know, yeah, I love that. What I really love is how your macroscopic overarching view of dreams, which was your initial pursuit or, or, or you know, intellectual pursuit, um, found a perfect way to intertwine your other philosophical passion of time travel. Because when you brought up time travel, I wanted to pick your brain on there's all the different theories of how to do it and how it works and space time. And is it really just pinching the space time fabric? And you're just really moving from like one point to one point. It's pinching these two together, whatever the case may be, all these different perspectives on it. And one, I've never heard this approach to it, but what I was going to raise to you too, was how most, the most common theory makes the rule that, once time travel is created, you will be able to travel to any other time besides before that period that you cannot go prior. You cannot go further into the past beyond the point of time travel's creation. You can go anytime after time travel, but you can't go past that moment. And I just, I don't know. Oh, so I don't like want to break time the, travel. You can't go in the past. You can only go in the future. You can go in the past, but you cannot go beyond the point time travel was created. So let's just say time travels created in 1920. You can go right now. You could go back to 1930. You could go back to 1920, but you can't go back to 1919 oh, because that, that technology didn't exist then. Um, but what I like on how you, I mean, this is so unique, so new, at least for me, that what I find cool is this transcends all of those lines, space, time, um, a timeline. Um, you brought up the law of free will. I'm a determinist. Another thing, another philosophical theory that was like a major silver lining to the show. I, it was just, I took philosophy classes. Sorry to break your heart my audience but i always like I, that was my perspective sorry to break your heart but determinism is real free wall free will is just an illusion to get you off the couch and acting but none of it's real it's all connected and um in that thread I, to me it makes more sense that time travel this thing of manipulating space and reality how is that simply imprisoned or limited to the metal machines humans make, right? Like, oh, we can't go past 1920 because the human didn't put the blue wire next to the green wire. And no, to, to me, think, that uh, doesn't make sense. I think what makes sense is it's in here. Synthetics are limited. And so yeah. the outcome is going to be limited, right? So if you make a time travel tra um, trip, then that trip might be limited to the frequency and the technology used 
for that trip. And so you can't go in the past with that tech. But if you use the original tech, which is the reality the that we're in, yeah. mind sitting in it, then there's no, you know, there's no limit. That's how I see it, right? I mean, there's a crazy story um, of, uh, let's just say there's a, an experiment and science. I'm going to tell you at story format so that we can go um, get past where it came from and so that you can kind of get the understanding of where a theory may have come from. Okay. And an example of it, right? So let's say that there were some uh, programs that were not public and experiments <laughs> on um, reverse engineering technology. And let's say that somebody said, what about the grandfather paradox, right? If I go back in time and kill my father, will I cease to exist? Okay. And one person hated their father enough to say, you know what, I'm going to do this and I don't care because I want to have the joy of outing his father. So he goes in the past and he just kills his father, comes back, nothing happens. Same day that dude gets hit by a car. Oh, wow. So it looks like what that story may show is it's closer to uh what do you call it final destination is that right. what that movie is that no Where matter what it your destiny back. was to but i don't like the idea of destiny because um i think it's more of a let's say time reality code. Is a code or there's a need for balance and balance. the code the system um frequency if everything's frequency based you know when when a note is a bad note right um so it's easy to just try to bring that note back to uh harmony and so bringing back to harmony could have been just him being in more of a likely chance to not exist anymore and so i think that that makes the most sense because i like the idea that everything is alive um, and everything is working to be harmonic because that um, reflects on everything I've ever encountered in any type of rabbit hole, any type of experience. Um, it's an easy thing to notice that repeats all the time. You're right. You're right. It, it repeats. It repeats all the time and it's everywhere. Man, yeah. I, I love this. I could bore <laughs> you forever. I would love to pick your brain more on this dreams. Awesome. But then all of this, like going down the rabbit hole is a blast. Regardless, you may never go down the rabbit hole and find answers, but you're surely going to have a, a fun time. And nonetheless, you're still going to, it's an exercise. So not every time you curl a dumbbell, are you going to see a change in your bicep and, and the sleeves get tighter, but that's why you can't just do one rep. So the fun part of this is you're just, you're just strengthening a muscle that never gets worked. And uh, I appreciate you coming in here and, and wrestling with it a bit for with me because it was a blast. Yeah, I had fun, man. Always, always. And so, um, guys, I appreciate you giving us your time. If we made you laugh, if we made you think, the best thing you do to support this podcast is share this episode. Take that link, send it to your friends. I've come to learn that I need to push people to text it. Text it to your friends. If you mm. text the clip to people, then 
They click the clip and it takes them to that platform. And so the algorithm rewards the content that's bringing people that otherwise wouldn't be on. So long story short, oh, wow. helped your boy out and text it to your friends. Super easy. If you liked it, I assume the people that you congregate with are probably going to love it too. So let's find out, send it to them. Um, but John, thanks for coming on here and give me your time. Where can they find you? Uh, well, you can go to newagehuman.com and that kind of brings you to all of the podcast episodes. I'm going to update that to have more pages on more content and potentially um, products that are like health related, just because we, as you go down rabbit holes, you're going to run into stuff that's going to help you um, maintain your health or just to kind of be safe as a person. So, and at the same time, I like to help entrepreneurs in that space. So who knows, they might pop up in there too, but newagehuman.com. Um, you can uh, go to at John Astacio, J-O-N-A-S-T-A-C-I-O. And that's my Instagram handle. Um, that's where a lot of my stuff is. And then I'll be uploading YouTube a lot too. Perfect. Perfect. And what's the YouTube channel? Same New John Age Human. New Age Human. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. make sure you yeah. go check them out there. We're going to have them on again because it was a blast. So, John, again, thank you for, for your time. Um, you can catch all of our content on our website at www.rethinktankpodcast.com. Like I said, the best thing you could do to support, support this podcast is share the episode. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and all the other things. But otherwise, we'll catch you on the next episode. John, thank you again. And folks, we'll catch you later. Peace. Peace. John, thank you, my friend. Peace.